millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, everyone. Poker and Politics here. Uh, today we're going to be talking about uh, Jeff Sessions getting dunked on aggressively in the Alabama Senate primary or runoff, as it were. And we're going to talk about the nature of power and how QAnon followers believe that they have power through their fellowship in QAnon. And also your questions, obviously. So first off, let's have some fun. Let's dunk on Jeff Sessions. Let's dunk on QAnon. Sessions was blown out tonight. A drubbing. They called it 45 minutes after the polls closed. It was completely uncompetitive. Uh, Tommy Tupperville, the former coach of Auburn, who uh, has no political experience and decided that he was just going to try to be a senator, because this is the moment to do that if you're in Alabama, because Doug Jones is obviously very vulnerable, and so Tupperville threw his hat into the ring and got Donald Trump's endorsement, mostly because... He was Jeff Sessions' opponent, and Donald Trump hates Jeff Sessions. So um, he endorsed Tupperville, and that led to uh, Tupperville winning uh, a 20-point route, as it stands right now, with, uh, it looks like, 100, yeah, 100% reporting. All the votes are in that we know of, and Tupperville won 60.7%. To Sessions is 39.3%. Uh, in his final act of totally showing his ass and throwing a Hail Mary, Sessions begged QAnon to vote for him. That is the end of Jeff's, Jeff Sessions' political career, was groveling to an internet death cult to give him some votes. That was his final public act. That's what happens to you when you go into service for Donald Trump and you don't do every last fucking thing he wants you to do. You serve the God Emperor totally and completely and without reservation or else he will get rid of you and he will destroy you. So Sessions made that terrible bargain. He wanted to be Attorney General. He wanted that power. He was willing to work for a uh, moron, an angry moron like Trump. And that was his payoff. Was getting fired after two years on the job. Then deciding, oh, I want my old Senate seat back. And again, all I gotta do is win the GOP primary and I'll get it because Doug Jones is so vulnerable. And then bing, bang, boom... Nice, crisp little 20-point loss to end your career. And now the thing about this that's really funny was that Q had put up their guard for a while before this. They had seen the polls, which they believed in, 
unlike the polls for Trump, which they refuse to believe in, because they can weather the Sessions storm. They can tolerate Jeff Sessions losing because they have spin. They have ways to bullshit themselves. They have ways to lie about this. But when Trump goes down, no spin for that. There'll be no justifications and no excuses for that. But there was a time where Q had seen the, uh, or should I say QAnon, had seen the writing on the wall. They had seen the polling. They had seen that Tupperville was the prohibitive favorite this whole time and that Sessions was literally begging for debates begging for engagement, doing anything he possibly could to try to get the attention of Tupperville and make him fight him so that he could potentially peel off some support. But in the end, he couldn't do it, and Tupperville cruised. And QAnon, they had been saying things like, well, if Sessions doesn't win, it's not that big of a deal. But today, because Sessions put out that meme with the hashtag TrustSessions, and tried to whip the people up into a frenzy. They thought he was going to win. They were like, oh boy, Sessions is going to pull this out. Lisa May Crowley had a uh, a tweet where she attached a Q-drop about how Trump was trying to show them and inspire them that they can beat anyone, even him, by giving Sessions the W. And they were, they were kicking the tires on the idea that Sessions could get this done. He could get the result that they wanted. Which they did want. They, they did want Sessions to win this thing. As much as they claimed they didn't. And then when Sessions lost, the spin, the, the bullshit, the lies, the justifications, all came flowing like uh, water pouring off the cliff at Niagara Falls. Because these people do not tolerate reality willingly. They don't accept things as they are. Everything has to have a hidden meaning. Everything's a code. Everything's comms. Everything's a trap. Everything is part of the inscrutable plan that Q devised all those many years ago to destroy the deep state. Of course, why Jeff Sessions would willingly humiliate himself and get destroyed in this fashion is a tough nut to crack. Not really understanding that. But hey, not my question. It's QAnon's question. they got to figure out their own stupid narratives. And they'll just keep shifting things around. And Again, their judgment day is really coming up. We're only about 100 or so days away from the election. And they're not going to be worried about Jeff Sessions after that. Nope. Gonna be a lot of fun come November 3rd when the Biden landslide hits and these people who are literally tweeting out, don't listen to the polls, look at all the Goya beans that are being sold. They just look for any rationalization, any justification for why Trump is secretly winning, why Trump is secretly going to win re-election in a massive landslide why he is going to dominate and they're going to win back the House and grow their lead in the Senate. Ignore the pile of dead bodies. Ignore the fact that we are staring at an economic collapse if the Congress doesn't pass a stimulus bill that goes beyond August. Ignore all of that. Just just keep on keeping on. Just keep on believing. Keep on dreaming. It's the way these people work. It's the way these people operate. Just blind, fanatical devotion and faith. It's got to be kind of reassuring. As long as reality doesn't ever uh, kick you in the teeth and tell you that you're wrong. And every time reality has told these people that they're wrong, they've found a way to say, oh, no, 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 reality really didn't tell me that. Reality said something else. I'm still good. We're still good here. That's why they were able to spin this drubbing so quickly. They're going to put Jeff Sessions on the Supreme Court. 73 years old. That is not prime Supreme Court material. You want a person in their early 60s at the absolute oldest. You'd prefer somebody in their 50s, and if you're being really cruel and you want to game the shit out of the system, you'd find somebody in their 40s. 
Clarence Thomas has been on the Supreme Court for forever. I mean, I, whenever that guy got on the court, I mean, he had to be incredibly young. So, I mean, that's the kind of uh, game... It's the kind of game rigging sort of thing you do when you're when you're looking at Supreme Court justices and you're thinking about who you're going to uh, put up on the on the bench to serve for a really long time. I mean, this guy was that guy was up on when Pappy Bush was uh, he was Pappy Bush's appointee. So I mean, you're looking at a person who uh, has served for. 30 years and is still only in his 60s. He could he could be on the Supreme Court for 50 years if he uh, if he stays healthy. I mean, just think about that. Think about how long that is. You can only be president for eight years. So, I mean, it's pretty uh, pretty powerful, that gig, if you get into it really young. So... 73-year-old dude, not so much. And someone was like, maybe Sessions for Vice President? Because that would be totally normal and acceptable to the normies. Watching a man that Donald Trump has bitterly raged against for years suddenly be put in a position where uh, he'd be the proverbial one heartbeat away from assuming the presidency. Not thinking that's going to happen. And if it did happen, there'd be a lot more questions than QAnon thinks there would be. So, the session's losing. Awesome. Hilarious. Let's see if Doug Jones can pull this out. I mean, Tupperville is a very novice politician. Uh, this is his first campaign. And he's going to have a spotlight on him. I mean, this is going to be a big thing. I trust, I mean, Doug Jones won in Alabama before. He did win because he was up against a pedophile, and the pedophile barely lost, but he lost. So, Doug knows how to throw his punches. Doug knows what he's doing. He's had a couple of years to get his uh, claws into the Senate and to establish himself as a uh, person. And, I mean, odds are he'll lose because it's Alabama, but this, this year, with this president, with this headwind the Republicans are running into... Wouldn't count him out. He's got a, he's got a chance. He's all in with a 10-7 of spades up against a red ace king unsuited. 60-40. That's the secret about poker they don't tell you. That's the, the ugly truth about Texas Hold'em. You get in with any two cards and your opponent does not have one of your cards matched. Doesn't matter how small your cards and how big their cards are. Still about only 60-40. Still going to win a lot of the time. So if you're ever playing a little tournament and you don't have a lot of chips and a lot of people fold and there's only a few guys behind you, don't even look at your cards. Just rip those chips in. doesn't even matter. Because odds are they're going to fold to you and just give you the pot. And if they call you, whatever. See if you get lucky. Nah, and I'm not saying that flippantly. I have done that repeatedly in my... Uh, poker days you just when you're playing a low stakes buy-in tournament they crank the blinds upon you to get you out of there at some point because they're not going to run a tournament for 10 hours so because the tournament's going to end they got to get these blinds nice and high so you're going to be short and when you're short if you're the first person to act moving all in is good it is a good idea so a little poker tip there for you and now it's time to go to Depression Town. Time to talk about power. Religion is about creating an in-group and an out-group. And the in-group is blessed with secret knowledge. They are blessed of a connection to a prophet that speaks for God, as it were. Or maybe they're connected directly to God via whatever intermediary device or person that is talking. Maybe that person is actually God incarnate. But the whole point is, is that you have the in-group and you have the out-group. In the in-group, 
feels powerful because they have knowledge that the out-group does not have. And one of the other things that the in-group has over the out-group is that they have morality. They have a code of conduct. They have a divinely written series of edicts telling them how to properly live their lives and be good people and do right by others. Whereas the out-group are a bunch of amoral barbarian scum who, even if they do have some form of moral code, it is inferior because it has not been presented to them by God. And if they do have a God, their God is weaker than our God, who is stronger and better than your God. So you have the hidden knowledge and you have the morality. And now this makes the recruitment of the out-group into the in-group a moment where the person in the in-group feels powerful over the person from the out-group. They get to educate. They get to inform. They get to red-pill them. And it feels really good to be able to tell someone the secrets of the world. To tell them how the world truly is. Because that poor person doesn't know how the world really is. They don't know what's going on. They're clueless. You have to inform them of the majesty of the entity known as Q. And of his disciples. The group known as QAnon. And you have to explain everything to them. And you have to encourage them to walk the path and learn of the Great Awakening. And it is in this time you get to mold and shape and explain things to this person. And they will be taught. And so you have that. You have this strength. But now, beyond that, because you have the in-group, and because the in-group is moral and good, beyond that, you have the knowledge that the out-group is bad. In QAnon, the out-group is not only just uh, people who are misled or deceived the outgroup also includes people who are malevolent, people who are actually bad, actually committing crimes, actually doing terrible things. The outgroup is permeated with monsters, monsters that abuse children, monsters that betray our nation. Monsters who actually want to topple our God and replace him with our God's enemy, the Antichrist, Lucifer, Satan, Moloch. They want to destroy our society as we know it and remake it as a blasphemy against all that we consider moral and right in this world. So, when you have this battle between objective good and objective evil, it puts the QAnon supporter in a position where they feel incredibly strong, incredibly justified, incredibly noble in what they're doing. Because they are able to look at themselves and say that I am fighting to save children. I am fighting because I am a good person doing a good thing. I am the hero of this story. And not only is the person that I am in opposition to a clueless person, a person who does not know the truth, oftentimes that person is terrible. They're willfully evil and they know that they're bad. And they know that I telling them that they are going to be punished for what they have done 
makes them feel bad because they are guilty and they know it. And this takes me to the uh, story of the day, as it were, beyond Jeff Sessions getting dunked on, which was Chrissy Teigen reacting very poorly to being harassed on social media, especially Twitter, by QAnon for being a pedophile. And this is the thing about this situation, is everything she did gave these people power. Everything she did made these people feel stronger like they're achieving something, like they're obtaining a goal. And think of the dopamine hit these ghouls are getting from watching a woman who is rich, famous, and successful, is uh, married to a man she loves, has children that she loves, is living a good life. And they get to hurt her because they hate her. Because she has spoken out against the God Emperor, and because uh, she was photographed with one of her children wearing a hot dog costume. And as we all know, hot dogs are code for the pedophiles. In case you were wondering, everything, everything is code for the pedophiles. That's how that works. That's the scam. So, she deleted tens of thousands of tweets she said that if the harassment of her does not stop on Twitter she is going to leave Twitter she was just freaking out and getting mad she was just like of course I'm being defensive you people are calling me a pedophile and this is normal this is what a person would do if they were being constantly attacked on social media and every time they see people talking about them, they're telling her she's going to Gitmo, or that she's a pedophile, or she's a Satanist, or she abuses her children, or she slaughters children and drinks their blood, or she flew on Epstein's plane. Just endless, endless, endless bullshit. Just constantly attacking her. Constantly degrading her. And it sucks to be in that spot. It would suck to be targeted by a mob. And the best part about it is, or by best I mean worst, the worst part is that she doesn't really understand why they're doing this. I mean, she understands that, that this is about Trump and all sorts of stuff, but she doesn't get that there's this whole psychotic, sick mythos about QAnon and this worldview that they have. She knows about the hot dog pedo thing and she knows about the Trump thing, but she has no idea why these people are so psychotic. She has no idea the fact that, like, she is literally a, a blood-drinking Satanist monster who will be brutally murdered when justice is finally brought by Donald Trump's glorious benevolence. I mean, it is so insane that this is how it works and this is the mentality of these people that are harassing and mocking her and degrading her and I tried to I tried to cut through the clutter I tagged her as many times as I could and I replied to as many of her uh, tweets as I could she has she responded to me one time previous to this Senpa had noticed me previously so I had delusionally hoped that she had some dim recollection of one of the, the good people on Twitter that had engaged her. But as I had repeatedly said to her in my public pleadings, the only way to win in this situation is to either block everybody or to ridicule them. Someone replied to me and was like, well, the best way we can win is if Twitter would ban all these people. And it's... And, social media platforms acting responsibly get the fuck out of here so but the, so that was never going to happen that's not in the cards but the only ways you can deal with these people is to block them and ignore them and never give them any attention never pay them any mind refuse to engage and refuse to succumb to your very human emotions to tell these people to go fuck right off and to eat shit and all that kind of stuff. Or you engage 
offensively and you ga- you engage by trolling because ridicule is what they cannot stand. Ridicule is what infuriates them beyond anything else. I had explained this to some people uh, previously, but you will every so often um, have a new QAnon recruit or a new person following into the Illuminati New World Order shit, and they'll just say a very important question. They'll be like, why do the bad people signal that they are bad? Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. And there's no good answer for this, but the idiots that run this scam will often tell that person that it's much like a vampire has to be well, has to be welcomed into your house. That a vampire cannot cross the threshold of your door unless you tell them to come in. That the Satanists on some level need your uh, permission to do the bad things that they are going to do. That it, without you tacitly agreeing to being manipulated by the by the Dark Lord, they will not be allowed to do it. So they have to sneak these little messages, these little codes, these little symbols into their uh, music, their movies, their television, their streaming services. Whatever way you consume entertainment, they have to sneak it by you so that you will absorb it and then at some ill-defined point later in your life they will flip the switch and the brainwashing that you have been uh, suffering for all these decades without knowing it will finally manifest itself and the next thing you know you're gleefully eating a baby because Moloch told you to. So uh, that's their excuse. And this is what leads these people to constantly search through music videos, television shows, this, that, the other thing, to try to find the sign, to try to find the symbol that proves you're a bad guy. Because that's what they're all about. They're all about making sure they've found a way that proves that you are bad. And I had mentioned this uh, at the end of my um, thread to Chrissy that the only happy when it rains music video by Garbage, um, there's... I remember watching it with Illuminati eyes at one point and being like, oh, that didn't have much Illuminati in it at all. I didn't see them, like, frame Shirley's eye in any frames, or uh, there were no pentagrams, there was no this, there was no that, uh... This was a pretty Luciferian-free video for a 90s rock video, which were almost always, in some way, shape, or form, running afoul of these Illuminati hunters who've got to find the secret to prove that you're a bad guy. And I'm watching it on YouTube, and I scroll down, and lo and behold, I see a comment from somebody, and it says, Nice checkerboard floor. And then I went back and I looked at the video, and there are scenes of them uh, surely walking on a checkerboard floor, the band on the checkerboard floor, and so on and so forth. And that's it. That's all you need. 
And that checkerboard floor is probably in the video for maybe 20, 25 seconds out of like a three and a half minute video. And it's not the center of attention. I can promise you that. It is the background. But checkerboard floors are a sign of the Freemasons and thus the Illuminati and thus Moloch and thus George Soros and so on. So that's it. Like You can fail this test any way possible. They'll find anything to flunk you and to condemn you to the enemies of God and the unrighteous who will be punished when the Great Awakening occurs and the storm cleanses America and the world of evil. And it is that situation that means your only option is to just troll the shit out of them. Just lean into it super hard. Just make YouTube video, make videos on your Twitter and your social media where you dress up one of your kids in a hot dog and you're eating pizza with John Legend and you have a little pyramid of the Eye of Providence on the top of it in, on, in the middle of your table. And then you uh, talk about needing a glass of adrenochrome to wash, to wash the pizza down with. Just, just fucking lean into it. Just just give these people a giant fuck you. Be like, this is all the dumb shit you believe in. Guess what? I'm totally doing it. I'm as bad as you think I am. And by the way, the police won't arrest me because they're on the, my side. And we rule the world in secret. And you can all just fuck off. I rule you drool. I'm Chrissy, I'm Chrissy Teigen, multimillionaire, living the high life. You're Meal Team 6, living in your mama's basement. Get fucked, morons. Illuminati out. Boom. That's it. You just go at them. You just go at them and, at them and it enrages them. Because now you've shifted the power dynamic. Now you've told them, you, you proudly state that I am exactly what you think I am. I am also untouchable. I will live my decadent 1% life of gluttonous excess and just delightful hedonism and you will have and you will not be able to lay a finger on me because I am powerful. I am blessed by society. I am the chosen. I have been handpicked by Lucifer to rule over you, to be glorified and deified while you hump your 9 to 5 job and hope you don't die of covid. Get fucked loser. I rule. I win. The end. Boom, microphone drop. And that's it. That's the only way you can do this is just by attacking. And they hate it. They hate it more than anything you could possibly imagine. When Chad Hanks uh, went at them and mocked them, they were out of their minds of rage because they can't stand that shit. They can't stand being called out. They are very serious people who believe the things they believe earnestly and devoutly because they're just and honest and righteous and the things we believe in are true. And when you just thumb them in the eye and tell them, it doesn't even matter if your shit's true. I'm still me. I'm still on top of the food chain. And there ain't nobody going to touch me. You can go to hell. That's it. They're broken. They're broken, shattered, ruined little people. They're losers who have to wallow in their loserdom and accept that you're right. And they'll just scream and yell and piss and moan about things and be little babies on the internet. That's all they can do. Maybe they'll try to stalk you or whatever, but that's what security's for. And that will lead to actual charges. And then, if that ever happened, you can start going after the people that are inciting these people online. I mean, Q is tough to go after because of the whole Philippines thing, but all these pricks on Twitter, most of them have their names out there. I mean, you got uh, Dilly, you got Lisa Mae Crowley, you got... Uh, I'm sure people know who Incarnated E.T. is because his photo's out there and he's not shy about himself. Um, you got all these people that are doing this stuff and are talking a big game and are inciting this crap. And... Uh, if there was ever a physical stalker that got grabbed by your security and was saying, where we go on, we go all. Well, now you can start talking about stoatric terrorism and start going after some people and 
The light of justice is a great disinfectant, and these cockroaches will run. Oh, they will run hard. They don't want to deal with that shit. They don't want to deal with the consequences of their actions. Because they're terrible people. They know what they're doing, and they don't care. Because they're terrible people. So, uh, again, as I howl into the void... Chrissy, if you somehow find anything I've ever said, block the shit out of them or troll the shit out of them. Any other option, any other form of engagement is self-defeating and bad. And having said all that, it's question time. Not a lot of questions this week, but or this week, this day. So, uh, AIS Mullard, the Grand Inquisitor of the show, says, uh, do you think Q has created new bullies and bullying tactics, or has merely transformed how right-wingers harass others online? What do you think this will culminate in? Uh, I think it's just... It, it's merged politics and religion in an ugly way. So these people are Trump supporters who tell people that they're going to burn in hell because they worship Satan. So it's kind of like uh, internet evangelicals who are ugly. This is why I call it an internet death cult, because it absolutely is. What will this culminate in? People grabbing AR-15s and killing people when Biden wins. That's what's going to happen. I am very bleak on that. I mean, again, the demographics of QAnon are not great for grabbing an AR-15 and shooting up a place. But they've definitely red-pilled a few people that fit the profile of the guy that shot up uh, Comet Ping Pong. And... When the election happens, it will be three years and a month or so into the existence of QAnon. And that's three years of brainwashing, three years of trusting the plan, three years of believe this shit and believe that Donald Trump is going to save the world from the bad guys. And when they find out that he isn't, when they find out, oh no, the bad guys won, it's going to get real bad. And uh, second question, off-topic, what demographic shifts have you noticed in poker players over your career? Well, the problem with that is is that uh, I started off at Foxwoods, then I moved to Vegas for five years, and then I moved back to the Northeast, and I've been playing in Foxwoods, Mohegan, and the New Hampshire poker rooms around there, and then Encore after it got up and running. And it's, it was mostly, for me, it was like an East Coast, West Coast thing. Because Vegas is more touristy, and the East Coast is more locals. So I really wouldn't be able to give a accurate demographic breakdown because you just see the same people all the time when you're playing and working in the Northeast because it's the crew. The crew is there to play the low stakes, hold them. The crew is there to play the medium stakes, hold them. The crew is there to play seven-card stud. I mean, it's just, those are the guys. Whereas when you go out to Vegas, there are grinders, there are locals, there are people that are making their daily bread, and you see them all the time for years on end. But like half the table or more is tourists, especially on the weekends. Weekends are tourist season. So you just see a bunch of new people, and it changes. So, I mean, I really couldn't tell you what happened in my years in Vegas, but moving back east just meant that I was running into the cruise again. So that was the way it worked. Um, I then have a couple questions about a link to the show and what time is the show. The show is recorded... Usually between midnight and 2.30 a.m. And then posted right after that. I just talk into the microphone for as long as I can before I run out of steam. And then uh, hit a few editing buttons on it. Unless the <laughs> unless the file starts beeping and booping on me. Which has been happening recently. And then when that happens, I'm just like, nope, oh, just sending it. Just sending it. If it's echoey, if it's tinny, if it's not great. I just gotta get it out there. Just just cranking out content for the machine. I'm not crafting uh, a, an aged filet mignon with uh, 
a sauce uh, and mushrooms and like uh, high quality potatoes and all, all that kind of stuff. I'm just making a baconator and throwing it into your bag and then throwing the bag at you. So yeah, just just getting getting that meat off the grill and serving it up hot and fresh and hopefully tasty. And lastly, Team Deep State hashtag says, damn, I probably missed the deadline here. I'm trying to understand this sealed indictment shit. I need it explained. Is Trump and co. just waiting around letting human traffickers drink kids' blood while waiting for what exactly? That is a great question. It's a long question. I'll try to wrap this up kind of quickly so this podcast doesn't go into an hour-long stretch because I'm, I think I'm over like 35 minutes right now. And, uh, yeah, I could talk about this for a long time because the sealed indictments are a uh, core tenet of... QAnon's bullshit. But basically, the sealed indictments are a misreading of Pacer by some morons. There, someone already did a uh, search into it. I think it was, uh, well, I think it was Will Melton or uh, oh god, the guy with the baseball logo for his name. But uh, he did a search into this, and he found the name of the person who screwed this all up and ruined our lives. And Basically, one person screwed up the PACER readings for indictments and sealed in sealed documents, and everyone jumped on it, and they keep misreading it, and now it's almost like, in, it, it is at this point obviously intentional, because if they engage this with anyone who knows anything, they tell them, look, dude, what you're reading is a misreading of PACER. Fucking stop. God damn it. But they won't. They'll never do, because it gives them something that makes them very excited. It gives them a rising number, and rising numbers are thrilling, whereas declining numbers are saddening. So they get to have their dopamine hit watching the number of sealed indictments rise. There was a moment where they thought that Q was going to arrest everybody when they got to 144,000 sealed indictments because it's a biblical number. Then that didn't happen. So now they just they don't know. They don't know when the arrests will happen but they are sure that when the indictments get to a certain number, they will happen. Which, as you said, and as I've repeatedly pointed out to these assholes, means we're waiting around for a long time. Now you have all these people talking about how after Trump wins re-election, then the justice will come. Which seems stupid that we're going to wait months on end to let murderers and baby killers continue to kill and murder babies. Uh, before we can ever get around to having any justice. Yet, again, because they got to keep the LARP going. they got to keep the story going. They've got to come up with a reason for why the new deadline is the new deadline, and then why, when that doesn't work out, there'll be another deadline. And this is the ultimate real-world deadline. This is it. I mean, this is the ultimate battle. I mean, even even Q is selling that, like, this is it. Like, we got to win this election or we're fucked. Which is very interesting, because if they lose, I mean, Q's kind of like, hey, if we, if we take an L here, there, there ain't no coming back. I mean, Q's put it out there, that if, if, if we take the L here, we done. They're, they're going to they're gonna come for our kids, and they're going to start drinking blood, and they're going to kill, and we lose. Thousand, thousand years of darkness, and the rise of the Antichrist, and all the rest of it. We are fucked. It's going to be kind of hard to spin. It's going to be kind of hard for Biden to win. And then Q pops on 8-Kun and is just like, Disinformation is necessary. The resistance begins. Let's do this, buckaroos. Let's go get them. I just don't think it's going to happen. I mean, and, and the thing is, is Jim Watkins said that he thinks Q will be done uh, in November. Because Watkins thinks that Trump is going to lose. And... As a result, he's just he just thinks that like yeah this will all be over really soon because that's the way that's the way the cookie crumbles. Our guy loses the dumb conspiracy plot to uh, make the world uh, safe through him. Obviously, has been thwarted, so now uh, we all die, and that dims the brakes. Tough shit. Oh well, what can you do? Better luck next time. I mean, it's just, it's really, really kind of funny that, like, 
they're in this situation that they're set up to uh, have a crisis like this and that Q has acknowledged that it is a crisis like this that we have to win this fight uh, and failure is not an option because we're going down we're going down hard if we uh, if we take the L so it's going to be really funny it's going to be really funny to see how they try to get out from under it or if they even do try to get out from under it Q might just decide that this is it Q might just look at this shit and be like yeah you know what we're fucked I'm out of here I ain't going to try to spin it. I ain't going to try to defend it. I ain't going to try to justify what's going on. Because that's the... That's Q's prerogative. Q has no uh, stake in any of this in the sense that, like, all they are doing is trolling and being a piece of shit that's freaking people out and making them miserable and making them disease-minded. So... When you have a character who is not, he doesn't have to come back on the air and eat shit. I mean, this is like the thing is that here in Boston, we have these poor, poor people that listen to the radio show Felger and Maz. And the point of Felger and Maz is that they are trolls and that they will specifically seek to agitate and infuriate the good citizens of Boston by finding ways to needle them about their teams. They'll find ways to whine about Brady. They'll find ways to whine about Belichick. They'll bitch about the Bruins. They'll bitch about the Red Sox. They'll just find ways to let these people know that their heroes are not as great as they think they are and that their teams can, in fact, lose when they play the big games. But this is the fun of it all, is that when the Red Sox do win the World Series, when the Patriots do win the Super Bowl, when all of these things do happen, they got to get back in the chairs that next day and let the callers dunk on them. They have to acknowledge that they were wrong and that the hometown team was the best. That the hometown team did win the title. And that's fun. That's good radio and good television. Having those pricks get dumped on. But that's the thing about Q is that Q does not uh, run the drive time show from 2 to 6 Monday through Friday. Q posts whenever the fuck he feels like posting. Q is beholden to nobody. So when they call Florida for Biden and it's a blowout and they're talking about, ooh, Georgia's looking dicey here. Ooh, North Carolina's looking dicey here. Uh, now we're into the Midwest and, oh, look at that. Michigan, not even competitive. Oh, let's, what's that? Pennsylvania. Ooh, Biden in a landslide. Let's go to Wisconsin. Ooh, Biden looking really good there. We're creeping. Oh, Ohio is in play. This is interesting. Iowa, Trump's barely hanging on. And now we're getting into the middle of America. Texas, ooh, that's up for grabs. Arizona, ooh, Biden's winning that one. Nevada, not even competitive. The West Coast, all Biden at 11 o'clock, and he's probably already president at 11. I mean, like, that's the thing. When this thing is a drubbing, when this thing is over before it even started, what does Q say? How does he answer for it? What's the spin? What's the story he tries to tell? And does he even try to tell a story? Or does he just look at it and go, fuck this, I'm out of here, I'm done. And that's it. And then you just have all of QAnon just, just screaming, howling at the moon, screaming, where are you, Q? What happened, Q? Explain yourself, Q. And Q responds with deafening silence. Q is like, 
I ain't going to talk about it. I'm not going to say a word. I'm not going to let you have anything. You can all just drop dead. You fell for it. You're suckers. You're sheep. You lose. I had my fun. I trolled the shit out of everybody. I became a star. I made the news. I was the man. And now we're done. And that's it. Or you could come in and say, hey, everybody, trust Flynn. Michael Flynn, 2024. Let's do this. Could go a lot of different ways. It'll be uh, terrible and awful, no matter what. So uh, that is ye old pouty cased for this evening. I'll be back Thursday night for another one. Have a good one. Stay safe. Try not to get the COVID. And I will talk to you soon. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.